Hello there, it's Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting and today I'm talking to you about how to hire top talent in your company. It would appear that there's a shortage of top talent that we're really in a competitive mode and I think it's valuable to look at what some other companies are doing, what some top companies are doing in, in that regard. But the first thing I think we need to look at is our own mindset around it. For many people, it's gotten to be a frenetic thing. I can't find good people, we need people, all that kind of thing, uh, as opposed to we've made a decision to really find top talent. Even in this market, we're going to do everything that we can to not only attract top talent, but to hire top talent and to treat them well so that they have a long-term employment engagement with us. So let's just talk about that for a second. What, what are some of the things that you can do or what you should look at? But again, it starts with that, with that mindset of this is a decision that we've made. It's the same as employee engagement. We're going to uh, provide a, an excellent company where people are going to want to work. So some of the top companies are offering lots of benefits. They have maybe some unique perks, uh, the opportunity to work remote maybe one day. A, a number of big companies are doing that every Friday. They give their employees an opportunity to work from home. Um, they are keeping their employees comfortable. They are creating a, an environment where people can take breaks and they have cho nice choices of foods. Um, there's maybe even an opportunity to uh, get some exercise during the course of the day. They are really looking at how can they loosen their tight controls that they may have had in the past and present and offer a more flexible environment that really suits employees and what some of their needs are. So these are some things and places to start. What can we do? What are we doing right now? Um, and then looking beyond that, it's treating our candidates when we're talking to them like actual customers. Um, showcase your company. What's special about it? What is, what is innovative? Where are you going? What are you thinking about? What is important to you? You really want to have this come across in your marketing materials as well as in the individual um, interview that you have with them. So if there's anything wrong with your hiring process, you want to make sure that you find out what that is and get it fixed. How will you do that? Well, you can talk to people um, after they've gone and ask them. Most of the time probably people will not tell you the truth about that, but people that work for you that you have hired will tell you what was really good about what you did, and especially if you have the mindset that, you know, we want to create a really positive working environment here at our company. One of the things you want to look at when you are interviewing people is will they fit in with our company? Do they have the same mindset that we do about how you solve problems? And um, their, their perspective is really important. Not that you all have to agree on everything, but there needs to be sort of an ease with your feeling with the person that this is somebody I can really work with. This is somebody that's interested in learning. They're interested in contributing. Um, they are low maintenance for the most part and they are someone that um, 
that offers excellent skills to you that you can learn from too. So most people can identify this on the first or second interview. Is this somebody that would really fit into our organization? So don't be sidelined by that they have these excellent skills. That is important. You need to have a skill set that's going to work too. But it's maybe even more important that they're going to fit in with the mindset and the values that you have in your company. If you don't know what the values are in your company, go around and ask some of the employees that are working for you. What do they really like about your company? What do they value? Why do they stay? And um, you will begin to develop a list of things that you can share with candidates that you talk to. One of the other things, and there's many things here, we're running out of time here, but staying in touch with people is important. Even if this person that you interviewed is not the right person today, but you really like them, keep in touch with them. So six months down the line, you might have something that would be an excellent fit for you, and the timing would be perfect for them as well. And finally, my final point today, uh, what some of the top companies are doing is, first of all, they make sure that they post what jobs are available within their own company so that current employees can look at that job list and see if they would like to move um, into a different position. There's many, many things that we can do. We don't want to get stuck in um, poor us. You know, <laughs> we can't find the right people. We don't want to be in that mindset. We have to be in the most progressive and positive mindset that we can uh, because we are taking action and we've made a good decision about what how it's going to be going forward. So with that, I say have a great day. This is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting, signing off. Hello there. It's Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. Thank you for joining me today. Today I want to talk about one really crucial part of employee engagement. You know, oftentimes we are so engaged in what to do, how to do it, that we overlook the most important part of employee engagement, which is making a decision. Making a decision that knowing how our employees are doing in their work, what they're thinking, you know, their participation, their engagement is a top priority. It's such a top priority that we don't even really need to tell them it is felt throughout the organization in all the things that we do. The attitude that we take into meetings, the attitude and the questions we ask in one-to-one -one meetings, the work that we're doing, the projects that we're doing, the goals that we're setting, all speak to how important our, our employees are. Because without our employees being fully engaged, we, we will not accomplish the goals that we want, or have the customer experiences that we want, all things fall out of that uh, place where employees are engaged and turned on and tapped into what's happening in this company. So making a decision that will be at the top level of the organization, and then what would we see different? What, what would happen if we made that decision? We would do more than just taking an annual survey of employee engagement to find out what people are thinking. We wouldn't need to do that, really, because on a day-by-day -day basis, we're talking to people. 
we're having one-to-ones, we're having short little conversations, we're having meetings where we're asking for feedback, we have, uh, we have performance reviews, we have uh, a time for feedback and asking questions, and dialogue is especially critical. Are we having dialogue? Um, the most important criteria that you can tune into that's free is what's the energy like in our company? What does it feel like to work here? Um, what are are people smiling? Are they are they asking questions? Are they contributing? Are they showing up in every way uh, to do the best their best work? Those are all aspects of employee engagement. It's like we're tuning up the um, volume on our um, radio to tune into what's going on here, <laughs> what's really going on. And we're fearless enough to ask those kinds of questions. So this isn't a very difficult um, suggestion, but it isn't easy either to implement and change the mindset if there's a different mindset. Somewhere along the line you must have gotten the idea that, you know, uh, there's something that needs to be changed here and I'm just not quite sure how to change it, but if I start with showing interest in my employees, being curious, having meetings where we truly have transparency, um, we will begin to see big changes in our company. We'll begin to see people showing up in a way that they haven't shown up before. We'll see people staying in our retention numbers increasing because people want to work with us. They want to be with us. Now, the things that one company can do for that, for engagement, is maybe different than what another company can actually do, just depending on how you're structured, your time frame, how many people report, that kind of thing. Um, but one place that you can really pay close attention to is in the quality of supervision and the kind of engagement that you have with your supervisors will be very telling as far as your overall engagement. So you want to find out how it's going with the supervisors. You want to see what kind of transparency they are willing to reveal to you as an, an, an instrument, as a way of determining what your employee engagement situation is. Because the supervisory employee relationship is the number one reason people leave companies. They don't leave because of the company. They leave because of the supervisor. They leave because their skills are not being recognized or utilized. They're leaving because they feel um, that they are being overlooked or mismanaged in some way. So that's a place to look and um, training will help in that respect as well as regular meetings with your supervisors. I hope you have an amazing day today in every way. Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting, signing off.
Hello everyone, it's Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. So happy to be here today with you. Um, today I want to talk about how to get started with an employee engagement program. Many people feel that they've heard that term and they, they need to do something and uh, they're not exactly sure what. And so I'm encouraging you all to look to see what that could really do for your organization and how your organization would benefit by employee engagement. The wonderful thing about employee engagement is there isn't one size fits all type of program to fit. Many people do and spend many dollars on expensive surveys and that's okay. It does give a measure, gives some information to you about where what your employees might be thinking. However, it's also true that oftentimes employees don't tell you the truth on surveys like that. They tell you what they think you might want to hear. So it's a much more reliable tool to simply talk to people and not even to ask them questions per se, but just to, to inquire as to how they're doing. But before even that, I say there's two main areas that you could focus on that would make the biggest difference in kicking off a employee engagement program in your company. Number one would be to actually just make a decision. Given all the different things that are going on and all the challenges that you have, making a decision that our employees are most important we will spend many hours on improving our employee experience here in our company. And we name it and make it a number one priority, such that everybody knows that that's true. So that when you're in meetings and you see people participating at a higher level, you know that you're making an impact in employee engagement. When you see people uh, lasting more than one year in your company, you know that you're making progress in employee engagement. When you see people just being happy and lighthearted uh, in your company, you know you're making progress in employee engagement. So the number one tool, I believe, is to actually make a decision. Make a decision that in our company, this is how we're going to do business because our employees really matter to us. The second area that you can focus in on that would make an, a huge amount of difference also is with your, your supervisory level of people. We know that retention is directly related to the supervisor-employee relationship. If it's not good, people will leave. Even though the company might be really good, they don't have a good relationship with their supervisor, they don't feel good about what they're doing, and so they will look for other places for work. So helping our supervisors do a better job, helping them be more transparent with you and their employees will be a huge benefit. What do they know? What, what areas are they lax in? What, where do they need help? And let them tell you where they need help. What kinds of questions come up where they just really don't know what to say? So you can begin by one-on-one -on -one coaching with them or uh, training programs for all of the supervisors. 
But what you want to do is start this dialogue with them that you know that their job is not easy, that they're having to um, be the go-to person for all the people on their team, and you know that's not easy, but you are there to support them, and you want to hear what they have to say, all of it. And uh, with that attitude, with that level of support, you will find supervisors opening up, telling you some of the hardest things that they have to deal with, and at that point you can begin to address exactly how you can help them or where you will go to get them the help they need. So it's it's all doable. It's all doable. It's all about learning. It's all about communication. It's all about having an attitude of what really is important and so that people really get it. And uh, that's what I want to leave with you today is that employee engagement can start with you, with your decision and being a, a support to your supervisory level of people so that they treat your employees well. So with that, have a great day today. Talk to you later. Hello everyone, it's Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. Today I want to talk to you about the employee experience. We're hearing a lot about the employee experience as it sort of moves from employee engagement However, we really need to realize that they're all really in the same ballpark and they are a priority for every manager and company to really consider what is the employee experience and how can we create the most favorable one in our company so that we are having a great place to work. More and more, the candidates are looking at you. Is this a place where I should really work? It's so different than a few years ago when we were vying as, as, as candidates, vying for, I hope they hire me. It's really changed now, and it's more around the idea of uh, what kinds of perks can you offer me and what kind of job opportunities and how happy can I be in your company. There are all kinds of things. But let's just start with the interviewing process, the interviewing process where the candidate is having their first view of your company and they're meeting the interviewer, and what kind of experience is that really going to be? What kind of demeanor does the interviewer have? Uh, what, uh, how friendly were they? There's just a, a number of different things about the interviewing process, but one of the things that we mostly want to include in the, in the interviewing process is the idea of dialogue, that we're asking questions and we're answering them, and we're dialoguing back and forth, clarifying questions, so that by the time the um, candidate is completed with Elisa's first interview, they have all the information that they really wanted to know in their first interview. If they're hired, then we go on to the onboarding process. And you can assume that the uh, employee experience was favorable if they decide to go with your company and go to the onboarding process where we bring people in and in introduce them more intimately to what our company is and what their job is going to be and where they're going to be sitting and who they're going to be uh, working with as a team member. There are all kinds of things in the onboarding process but probably the most important one is to check in with this person on a regular, very regular basis to answer any questions and to clarify and to introduce them to 
new stages of learning about this company. So one of the things we don't want to do is bring a really talented person on board and then sort of ignore them, just assume that we've got this great catch and um, we don't need to pay that much attention. That's not true. You need to pay a lot of attention. And the most important place to pay attention is the relationship between the employee, the supervisor and the employee. It needs to be a favorable experience. And however you set that up, um, you can be strategic in doing that, like how often we're going to be meeting, uh, what kinds of questions do I want to ask them, how will I follow up on the work that they're doing, all kinds of things like that. If they're in the onboarding process and they feel included and they feel respected and they feel uh, comfortable, I guess, with your company and, and, the, and what you've laid out for them, then it's going to affect their productivity and their retention level, and we want to really pay attention to those things. There's a certain amount of training that you will be offering to them, and it will depend again on what they're bringing to the table, what kind of training they've had. Sometimes we have to hire somebody who doesn't fully uh, fill all the uh, areas that we need in a new employee to fill a new position. So there is training specific that needs to be added. And so we want to let them know. We want to ask them, too, what kind of training do you feel like you need, what kind of reinforcement, and then outline the kind of training that you can deliver to this person, whether it be one-on-one -on -one training, um, actual training outside the company, training within the company, videos, uh, any kind of different training that reinforce this is what our company is about, this is what we are uh, going to be doing. The last part is the um, exiting. When somebody leaves the organization, that needs to be favorable too, as much as we can, making the exit interview. What would that be about? Well, we want to know, let them know how much we appreciated what they did and the things that they did well and how much uh, we are interested in their further growth in their next um, company and any feedback that they could possibly give to you to make your company better. So these are all parts of the employee experience. They are, every part of it is, is important and the only last thing I would like to say about it is that it's important to trust yourself uh, as you are watching these employees come in and, and belong to your organization. Trust yourself when you see uh, maybe a frown or they look unhappy or something. It's okay for you to just check in with them and say, hey, how's it going with you today? You know, and make that spontaneous and everything doesn't have to be measured and perfect. You can be spontaneous and you can be yourself with new people and that's going to give you more mileage than probably just about anything else. And we want to set up times that we can get feedback from them on a regular basis as well. So those are all part of the employee experience. That's in six minutes. We've covered that whole thing, and there's certainly a lot more to learn about it. But it's, it's a start anyway, okay? Have a great day today. Bye-bye.
Hello there, this is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. Today I'm talking about how to differentiate, differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Employee experience is a hot topic right now, mostly due to the war on talent, um, getting top talent into our companies. And employers often want to know what are our employees really thinking and what would make the biggest difference to them. This short podcast is about the fact that by just even thinking about how you can employ and improve the employee experience starts to make a difference for your employees. So what I ask people to do is think about what are you already doing that's right? What kind of attention do you give to employees? What kind of reactions do you get? What kind of bottom line results are you getting? Just be gathering all that information and then looking to see, okay, what could we do now? Just a simple thing like smiling, talking to each of your individual employees with an authentic interest in what they're experiencing right now, asking for feedback, you can hold meetings if you're not holding meetings to encourage people to know what's going on in your company. There are a multitude of lists of things that you can do that are not difficult and are not expensive either. And it does make a difference. It does make you differentiated from the vast majority of companies. We're told that three out of every four employees, according to a recent Gallup poll, are disengaged with their company. They're disinterested. They would rather work someplace else. A third of them are already looking someplace else for work. How can we keep them on board? What can we do? Well, the good news is, just by starting something, you will be ahead of 75% of the other companies that are really not doing that. Um, so you can make it simpler and trust yourself to know that the feeling that you have in your company, the experience that you have with the employees in meetings, one-to-one, -one, uh, is something to pay attention to. Your experience is extremely important, and don't ever underestimate how important it is to trust yourself, trust your gut, as they say. This may be easier said than done, but it really doesn't need to be difficult. It can start with you this afternoon. You can walk down the hall and stop one person and have a conversation, a short conversation. How are you? How's it going for you today? You can uh, stop in at a team meeting and uh, make sure people know who you are and uh, share something about the company and where you're going, things you're challenged by, things that you really like about what everyone is doing. You can send a note to somebody who you see is doing some outstanding things. There's any number of things that you can do. Keep in mind, though, it's not about the doing. It's about the fact that you've thought about, I care that my employees are having a positive experience here. And so the simplest thing, 
begins to move the energy towards that. And as you engage more of your managers and supervisors into being on track with some of those things, it begins to change the culture in your company. In a few years, you won't even recognize the company. It'll be such a fabulous place to work that there'll be people knocking on your door asking if you have any openings. How would that be? I think everyone would really like that. And uh, today is a day that you can make a difference in that area. So if I would love to hear from you any ideas that you might have about this, your experience. This is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. Have a wonderful day. Good morning. This is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. I hope you're having a great day so far. Today I want to talk to you more about employee engagement. In fact, um, I'm developing a course around this topic and in the first module I'm giving the five key steps to employee engagement which I thought might be good to review here. The first one is how important it is to make a decision. You know, you the opposite of making a decision is doing a little bit here and doing a little bit here and sort of trying to hit a target with a number of different arrows but really not hitting the target because you haven't really committed to what it is to have a an organization that is uh, whose priority is employee engagement. So this starts at the top. And it starts at the top because it's um, going to be a transformational experience for the whole company. Employee engagement can tie every piece of your organization together in a very cohesive way. And as a result of that, you experience improved profits, improved morale, improved retention, improved talent. All those things are positives as a result of employee engagement. So making a decision is the first thing. It starts at the top and needs the support of everybody around, uh, around to make it happen, of course. The second thing is to understand what employees really need and want. You really need to get your employees. Who are they? Um, what do they want to see here? What would they like to feel here? What would they like to experience in our company? And um, matching that, matching who they are to what you have to offer in your company. In your company. So there's a number of different assessments and things you can do to understand your employee better. And one of the most important things about that is you just have a strong interest and curiosity about them. You're seeking what's great about our employees and what do I need to know more of. So asking questions is also a good place to find that out. The third step is that you need to make sure that your supervisor-employee relationship is a solid one, a good one, where there's good communication and there's respect, there's a feedback loop, there's good results is one way to, to identify how good the relationship is. But you want to know and trust that that relationship between supervisor and employee is 
high quality. The reason for that being that that supervisor relationship is the number one reason why most employees will leave your organization if they're not happy. The fourth is to hire top talent, and how are you going to do that? Uh, we want to bring in top talent. What can we say about our company? What can we show them that is going to be um, something that will inspire them to want to work with us for a committed period of time? So hiring, your whole hiring process of interviewing, onboarding, training, and even exiting is extremely important and needs to give you need to give some thought to it. The fifth area is that of ongoing follow-up and assessment. Um, so that can be different in every organization, but mainly one of the reasons that uh, employee engagement may fall apart is that there's no ongoing assessment of how are we doing. Again, if you make it a priority, then what you need to structure into your or schedule into your um, company is how you're going to measure that and how you're going to share those results and that you're really looking to see how are we doing with this, you know, are we making any inroads, what's working, what's not working, and then you can make changes based on that. So those are five key steps. There are so many different steps. The thing that I like to look at is that if you do these steps and you're committed to them, you cannot fail. You will make progress from the day one that you make that commitment. And I also would stress that it can be overwhelming so that there should be a short-term uh, program and a long-term program. And as a result of that, you'll see great results. Have a great day. Hello there, this is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. I hope you're having a fabulous day so far. Those of you who have followed my podcast know that I have a strong interest in employee engagement and have for a number of years. I think it's because it seems like such a huge problem that we have in the U.S. Uh, with disengagement of employees and workers. And so many people working on this subject, and yet the numbers keep increasing. So I was led to think about uh, an interview that I had a few years ago with the independent agent. He had purchased an agency, and he was bound on creating something really wonderful for himself, a wonderful team to work with. Um, he wanted to serve a much larger audience. He wanted a, an environment that was conducive, that he loved to come to every day. There were things that he wanted that were kind of outside of the box of what was currently, or when he bought it, what, what it was like. So uh, I thought it was really interesting. This is before employee engagement, but it, it reinforced to me a few things. One is that I believe that by starting at the top, by having a, a leader, a manager, an owner that has really clear ideas of what they want, particularly around how they want to work with their team, is a crucial part of, of solving this big, huge problem that we have. And starting out with that idea and then 
enrolling people into that idea. So his managers, his team members all needed to agree that his main goal was to have only national accounts, not just general local accounts. In fact, there would be no local accounts. They would be all national accounts. Now, none of the people had worked on those kind of um, assignments before. <clears throat> so you can imagine they were a little taken aback at, can I do this even? But as he talked to them and as he was expressing what his vision was with them and that he wanted to work with them on being successful in this area, one by one they agreed and they came on board and they actually created a huge, really successful uh, team and successful results. In fact, in the time that, by the time I had talked to him, he had increased his bottom line by 600%. Amazing. What happened is that they would, every team member was responsible for identifying national account possibilities. And as soon as there was one that looked promising, they would all jump off their work onto this one assignment and they would all work together everything that they knew how to do to make it a reality. They were well compensated for the results in this area, and so they had no problem in coming together. Well, you can imagine over time, the team really came together, and they relied on each other. They knew what each other's strengths were, and they were recognized for them, and it made a huge difference in their commitment to the company. Retention pretty much stopped. There were only, I think, two people that had left the organization. It just was not a, a business model that they felt comfortable with, and they left on perfect, wonderful, they left on all the right terms is what I'm trying to say. They left on the right terms, no, no difficulty there, um, for the right reasons. I guess that's what I'm, I'm looking for. They left for the right reasons, and I'm sure that they found something that met their needs. So... Um, this was, you, I, I can just, I don't know if you can feel it, but this was the energy within this company. It was dynamic. It was pretty much palpable, the high energy, the enthusiasm. And from the results that they had, the owner built this wonderful media break room for them with glass and wonderful furniture, and they had great snacks for their breaks, and... They came together as a team whenever they had breaks, and they were able to talk about what was going on for them. Um, it was a, a fun place to work. Uh, it was They worked hard. They were well compensated, and it was an interesting and fun place to work, always challenging. One of the other parts of this that I think made this really a successful situation is that um, the owner insisted that part of their job was going to be to give back to the community. So they all had uh, opportunities to work with various fundraising organizations, and they got to pick and choose what was right for them, and they all were involved, every single one that was part of their initial agreement, and they knew that from the get-go. So what made this successful? Well, the leader was clear, 
He handpicked the people. They all came on board. There was no room in this company for disengagement. There was no room for it. You would have to leave uh, just by peer pressure, basically, because everybody wanted to be successful. How amazing is that if we could do that today? And we can. Large organizations, small organizations can do that with every single team that they have going and, um, and be successful without uh, doing introspective, intrusive surveys, without huge workshops here and there to learn how to do it. No, we teach each other, we learn from each other, we give what we can, and we experience success together. Everybody was equal, but they weren't equal. They all had different skills and abilities. So um, this, I wanted to share this today because I feel so positive about it. I hope it, I hope it motivates you or inspires you in one little way to look to see, compared to this organization, what are the things we're doing right and what things could we improve on today? Thank you. Hello there, it's Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. Hope you're having a great day today. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about mindset. I certainly cannot under, we cannot underestimate the importance of having the right mindset when running a, a good company. And as we look around and see, um, you know, how our world is outpicturing to us, what we're seeing out there, we have a handle on what our mindset is, what we see that's good, what we see that's so bad, uh, limiting things, limiting beliefs about ourselves, limiting beliefs about other people. There's no shortage of opinions that are being offered in the world every moment to us. We have to be aware of the ones that we take on and we accept, yes, that's true. And then we need to be really aware of how we are implementing that particular belief into our life. Does it work for us or does it not? Sometimes we come face to face with a belief that we've had for a long time, but for some reason we just have not been able to shake it. It might be that you have a, a ceiling on how much money that you can make or the type of people that you can have in your life or the kinds of vacations that you can take. Um, the most important mindset that we want to start with is your own opinion about you. What is it that you're thinking about you and is it positive? Do you want to know you better? Do you want to be friends with you? Do you want to work in your company with your particular mindset? That brings us down to, okay, yes, there's some things I would like to change about my mindset, but how do I do it? And all I can say about that is that it is a process of repeating over and over the things that, that make sense to you that you can do right now. Um, so I'm going to share a few of them, and, and you can choose some of those to practice. And then over time, you will take on others that you see really make a difference for you in terms of you making the shift that you want to make in your lifestyle and in your belief system and in your mindset. So one of the first ones that I like is to stay in the now. Too often we get stuck in 
the past, we have regrets of the past that we can't seem to shake, or we're thinking about the future and who we want to be in the future, and we compare ourselves to other people and we can't seem to see how we we could ever do that. So what we want to do is stay in the future, in the, <laughs> excuse me, we want to stay in the present, in the present moment. What's going on? What have we accomplished? Uh, where are we? What opportunities are open to us now? What doors are opening for us? And when we get in touch with that, when we list those out, we can see, wow, we've made a lot of progress from where we were a while ago to where we are right now. So could we celebrate where we are right now? That would be one way of beginning to jar your mindset about where, you're, where you are and what you're doing. We want to look at our, our dreaming. Are we dreaming big or not? Dreaming big does open up our mind to new possibilities, new opportunities, and even though they have not occurred yet, just entertaining what could possibly be and what steps, what might be the next step for you to take in that regard, um, you are beginning to shift your mindset. Where we get into trouble with our mindset is where we have a particular limiting belief and we repeat it over and over and over and over. And um, that just um, deepens that particular limiting belief and it becomes our life then. So um, another positive thing that we can do to change our mindset is we can ask, could I, be, could I go along with you? to this. Would you like to do this with me? Would you take on this responsibility? Um, we ask over and over again for what we want to have happen. We ask people to join us in our company. We ask, we ask, we ask. And lots of times we'll, we'll get a no to that. However, as we keep persisting, and persistence is one of the key things in changing our mindset, then what we are going to notice is that things start to change. So as soon as we uh, ask for something that we want, the next step that we can do is start acting like you got a yes to that. Start acting like it's true. Um, so, for instance, with somebody who's, who's suffered a, a long time with uh, their weight, for instance, as soon as they lift up and wake up from that and, and begin to be the person that they want to, start wearing the clothes that they can wear, that they feel better in, all that kind of thing, they're beginning to shift their mindset and they stop condemning themselves about where they are. That's an important part too. So there's many, many things that we can do to shift our mindset. The most important one, I think probably, is that you notice that you do need to make a shift in your mindset and that you can do it and you will and you're starting right now. Gloria Willis signing off. Have a fabulous day. I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye. Hello everyone. This is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. You can find me at my website, GloriaWillisConsulting.com. Or you can go to speakermatch.com and you can find subjects that I would be speaking on. However, any of the recordings that you find here on anchor.fm are potential subjects and workshops that I could prevent, present in your company. 
So today I want to talk a little bit about the alignment of uh, working with new supervisors, people that have much responsibility when it comes to working with people and keeping them in the company, empowering them, developing them, all that kind of thing. Oftentimes what happens is that we promote people into a supervisor position, but they really have no idea how to supervise. They were excellent in their job that they had, and, and now we're putting them into a supervisory role, moving them from peer to supervisor. It causes much distress for many of them, and so I would like to give a few ideas today about how a new supervisor can begin the process of understanding what their new role is. The first part, and there's three parts that I'm going to present today, there's actually six parts that I've developed for this particular training. Uh, but the first part is to be in alignment with yourself. To start with, you know, why were you hired for the supervisory job? What did people see in you that made them think that they would, that you would really be a good person to be leading the team? You must have some excellent qualities. And when we move into a new role, sometimes we can feel uncomfortable. However, it is important to really own what it is that you have been offering that uh, has come across in a way that is strong and has been rewarded in being a supervisor. So what you'll want to do is take a look at you know the things that you've been successful at, what you really like to do, what kind of results that you've had in the work that you've done, and even asking a few people around you that know you well, how do they see you? Um, what big talents do they see in you? Before you can really supervise anybody else, you really have to have a pretty good understanding about yourself. So that's where we start. That's the first part. The second part is to have a good understanding and mindset about your company. So you'll want to take a look at the organizational chart and see where your position fits within the um, in the order of, of command there. Um, how many other supervisors are they that report to the next uh, manager above you? Just take a look at, from a visual standpoint, what does this company look like in terms of uh, supervisory and how many employees do you supervise, that kind of thing. And, of course, then what is it that your group, your team is responsible for? When you look at the company, you, you want to have a really good idea as to what is the overall mission of the company right now? What is it that I'm going to be really supporting? Um, is it that we're bound to create many more customers, uh, a larger uh, uh, dollar for each customer? Are we trying to reduce expenses? Are we trying to build our company nationwide? Uh, what kind of customers we really want. You really want to understand clearly what what is your company about? What's the mission? What is their value for the next five years or so? How do they see this company moving forward? And what is it that they really value? This is so important for you to be successful in this role. What do they value? What do you value? And is that a match? Can you align with what the company values? Because that's what you're going to be supporting. And you need to support it. 
What happens if you see things in the company you really don't like, you don't can't really support? Well, you need to take a look to see how big that is really in the scheme of things. There really needs to be more on the positive side than on the negative side as far as support. And you want to keep looking for what's right about the company. Keep looking for what it's trying to do and how it's doing and how it does its work and the kind of results that it's getting and the kind of customers, that kind of thing. Because by understanding yourself and understanding your company, you'll be able to see, you know, what is it that you could contribute that would really make a difference. One of the most important things for a supervisor is to be able to retain employees. After you've trained them, hired them, trained them, onboarded them, all of that kind of thing, you want to to be engaged with them to the extent that they're going to stay on board with you. That is one of the ways that you can help reduce costs in the company and you can be really um, uh, noticed within your company is those kinds of results that you're able to produce with your people. I don't have much time left, but the last one is the employees. How can you be engaged with your employees? What employees do you have? Uh, what kind of skills and abilities do they have? Do they have the skills set that matches what the company is really about right now? That is a really important question. If we hire people because we like them or because they did well at some other company, that kind of thing, in the long run, that's a dangerous road to be on because we want to find people that are really a match to what we're about, what our values are about. People need to fit in. Um, they need to be able to uh, participate and be positive in their participation, all of those kinds of things. So you want to take a good look at your employees. What do I notice about my employees? Um, where are they? What are they thinking about? What's on their minds? Um, and how we're a match to them. You want to also do the same thing. You want to look for what's good about your team, what is really good about it, and what you can get on board with, with them. And in so doing, then, you will really have done a good share of work because you will have looked honestly at at the three main aspects of what's going to carry you as a supervisor going forward. There's much, much more to this discussion. It's a discussion that I'm passionate about, and um, we'll be adding to it uh, in the next podcast probably. So um, until then, I wish you a wonderful day today, and um, I'm signing off. Gloria Willis. Hello there. It's Gloria Willis. I'm with Gloria Willis Consulting. And you can find me on my website, GloriaWillisConsulting.com and or SpeakerMatch.com where I any of the recordings on this site uh, is suitable for a workshop, a webinar, a uh, online course, which I'm developing right now. So I'm super passionate about this particular subject about training our supervisors to really be aligned with what the organization is about and know how to really engage employees in the work that's that they are responsible for. So I say that there's three parts that I want to talk about briefly today. One is um, being aligned yourself with who you are. You know, celebrating that 
for some reason you were given this job of being a, a supervisor and there are specific skills and abilities that you have shown that have uh, highlighted the fact that you would really be able to help this organization go forward. So you want to know what those are. You might maybe want to ask your manager. You want to ask your friends, people that know you well. Why would you be chosen for this particular kind of a job? We know that many supervisors are chosen because they were excellent at their job. And they may not be have been ever trained to be a supervisor, but right now they're they're jumped into that role, and uh, it can be really stressful for new people to have the responsibility of now being a supervisor when they used to be a peer. So the first step, I say, is to look at yourself and say, write down all the skills, all the abilities that you have. Where have you been successful? What have you been able to contribute? What is your attitude about the company and your job? All those kinds of things, because aligning with, yes, I am, I am up to learning everything that I can about being a supervisor. I will be an excellent one, and I'm willing to learn whatever it is that I don't know, because that's the, the truth. You can learn whatever it is that you really don't know, given the right attitude. So that's number one. And I just want to add, you really can't supervise other people very well until you know what you know, until you, you bring a certain experience and you need to be confident about that and open to what it is that you hear from your job as well. <laughs> okay, the second point is to be aligned with your company. You need to find out, first of all, look at the organizational chart to see where your job fits. How many other supervisors are they? How big is this company? Um, you want to find out from the get-go, what is the overall mission of this company? Everybody needs to know what it is. Are we trying to get new customers? Are we trying to expand our dollar within each customer? Are we trying to reduce expenses? Are we trying to find excellent talent? Are we trying to change our market? What is it that we're really up to? Because Everybody in the organization needs to know that. In that way, you're all aligned, which makes everything flow so much easier. So you can ask your manager some of these questions, jot down any questions that you have about the company. But the main thing is, at the end of the day, you want to be aligned with, yes, this company has a mission that I really align with. Um, I like the way that they do business. Their values fit with my values. Um, the vision going forward for the next five years fits with what my vision is. I see that I could expand in my role, that kind of thing. So that's information that you need to collect um, if you don't already have it. Uh, the bottom line is you need to feel good about the company that you work with. And even if there's some things that you don't particularly like about the company, what you do like should uh, be greater than what you don't like and you should keep looking for what is right about the company and then you know you will be able to see where you can make a contribution to some of the things that perhaps you don't like very well so that's part two part three is being aligned with your your employees who are your employees what is your what is the mix what are the skills that they have um, that are essential for the job that you're responsible for supervising. The company wants you to provide a certain um, 
contribution and what how will your employees stack up to what that is where do they need to be developed where do you need, maybe need to bring in some new people um, do you have people that are slacking off uh, are do you have people that are not engaged where you could find out you know what what's up with them you know and how could you get them on board with you but basically you want to look at your overall mix of employees and how they've been producing so far what are the deficits and uh, kind of in your mind initially an overall plan for how you could go forward with them so that in a nutshell very quick five minutes is uh, important information for a new supervisor to consider remember bottom line you can learn how to do this um, and you need to step back from time to time and look and see what's really happening what you're really noticing and trust your experience one other thing I would like, want to mention as far as supervising is to find out where your resources are who are the people you can go to where is information written down that you can use to help you understand more fully understanding who you are in this situation understanding all that you can about your company and what it's about and understanding your employees is is really very important work that you've done and it will help you in the next phase of being really able to implement some new things I look forward to talking to you about some of those and for today I say uh, I hope you have a wonderful day I'm signing off, Gloria Willis. Thank you. Hi there, this is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. And I hope that you're um, tuning into some of these other anchor recordings that I've made over the last year or so. I've made them because I have such a strong feeling about contributing to the idea that when we take proper action and we train ourselves to be better at our jobs, all those kinds of things, we are actually making work a better place to be. And I have had that as a value and a, and a, a strong idea for many, many, many years. And I just, I just feel like so much of our time is spent in work. Let's make it as, as satisfying as possible. What does that mean? Well, that we have employees that are getting their needs met by contributing to a company, and the company is getting their needs met by producing uh, a profit and uh, having customers that are loyal and are continuing to want more and more from us. So how do we do that? Well, um, there's a number of different ways, and I, I believe that the pinpoint really has to do with the supervisor. The supervisor is the one that um, is really setting the stage for that relationship. It's set by the numbers of meetings that they have and the tone within that meeting. If it's optimistic, upbeat, um, appreciating, uh, they set it by actually a, a, a supervisor sets the tone by their own uh, acceptance of their own talents let me say a little bit more about that you know when you come into a supervisor role whether you wanted that role and you were prepared and trained for it or you came in because you were the best qualified person on the on the floor and you really didn't get any training as being a supervisor 
it's important to review what how it is that you got chosen for that particular position. What are the strengths, abilities, uh, things that you bring to the table that others have been able to see and believe in? And you need to believe in them yourself. It's not just a fluke that you're a supervisor. There's some real meat to what it's all about. People, your employer feels that you would be willing to take the responsibility that goes along with it, that you will learn things that you don't know, those kinds of things. But from the start, from the very get-go, you need to tune into, you know, what is this company asking of me? What are, what have, where have I been successful? What can I do for them? And so you begin to be a match for what the company is looking for and what you can contribute. In that initial phase then of moving into the supervisor role, you also need to look at, and what are the areas that I feel like I would need some training in? What do I need to grow and develop in myself so that I can be a better supervisor? Part of being a supervisor, you know, is giving feedback to others about areas that they need to grow in. And for you to be on top of that with yourself and having a plan for what you're going to do to be a better supervisor, um, what you'll find is that you will, you'll begin to be what I call extraordinary. You'll be beginning to do some of the things that normal people in a supervisory role just do not do. They, they don't know how to do it, and they aren't willing to take the time, a step back, to say, okay, where do I need to grow, and how am I going to do that? Looking to see who your resources are in the company is an excellent way to build up support around yourself for growing in these various areas. And the more you can learn about the company and what the company is thinking, the direction the company is going, how aligned you are with what the company is visioning and valuing, the better supervisor that you will be, the more you will be able to connect on a satisfying way with your employees. We also want to look at what do the employees expect? What can we learn there? What are they expecting from us? And how well would they say we are doing now as far as our role as a supervisor? Uh, our role as a company, you know, how are we doing in that person's life? Is this likely to be a place where somebody would like to put down roots and really grow and be loyal and um, and believe in their own talents enough to say, this is some place where I think I can grow and develop? There's so many things to remember and take into account. You'll never do it in one fell swoop. So just give yourself some time. Be gentle with yourself. Always be open to feedback. Ask a lot of questions from others around you. And, um, and certainly give yourself a lot of credit for stepping into a supervisor role. It's not a cakewalk, and uh, there's a lot to learn. And you can do it. You can learn to be an extraordinary supervisor. With that, I say have a wonderful day. Gloria Willis, signing off. Good morning, everybody. This is Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. I'm so happy you joined me today. Today I want to talk about um, feedback, uh, how to give effective feedback, and actually receive feedback as well. Um, for many managers and supervisors, especially new supervisors, giving feedback 
uh, something that you are a little concerned about or you don't like about your employee is a very difficult uh, thing to do. And it doesn't need to be because, you know, if you look at your employees and even yourself as someone who is always learning, always always improving, always wanting to make do the next right thing, then you can view your employee as also somebody that is wanting and needing to learn some things. And as a supervisor, that really is a lot of your responsibility is to help them see their performance from your point of view. You also want to get their point of view. And so one of the key elements of supervision is this thing called dialogue, being able to ask questions, to clarify in your own mind, how is this person thinking about this, or what was in their mind as they did this, and then uh, share your perspective as well back, and let them ask questions of you, so that by the time you complete your interaction with them, there is clarity and there's a really good feeling. You never want to go into a session or a situation of giving feedback when you're really uptight or angry or uh, distressed about something. It really won't work. It'll come across really negative and it won't come across as somebody that's trying to help and so the doors will close up really quickly. And you may have experienced that where somebody just seems a little numb when you're uh, wanting to engage with them. So before you even go into uh, something, a feedback, I don't want to call it a session exactly, but you know, you might have a meeting, you might have an informal meeting with somebody, you know, just a, a quick exchange after a regular meeting, or you see them in the hall and you, there's just something that came up that you just like to share with them and ask them a question. Then you're engaging with them, it feels uh, casual, it feels informal, and it's more likely to land in a positive way on with the employee and with yourself too. So um, just keep in mind that feedback is really important. It's important to give people uh, a feedback about how they're doing with you because you know that every person wants to know that. They want to know how they're doing, whether you're even you, being possibly a new supervisor, you want to know how you're doing. You can only see it from your perspective, but your manager can give you more information about how they're seeing and what their expectations are. Keep in mind that these things evolve over time. We don't know everything at the get-go. You know, it takes some time of watching, listening, learning. How did we present this? Is there a different, better way for us to present um, this role to someone. Just keep in mind that you know we're always learning. However, if if you stop your communication with employees, then that learning really stops oftentimes too. Then we can just learn from our own experience on the job of like when we make a mistake, it's really obvious, and then we really you know come down on somebody, but. It's a much more positive environment to work in if people don't have to wait for making a big mistake before they get a, um, an interaction with you. Every interaction is important. Just keep that in mind. Every interaction is important. Whether you just smile at somebody 
or whether you actually stop and say, do you have five minutes? You know, there's something I want to um, uh, ask you about and then go from that standpoint. Uh, just keep in mind your own center of being in a basically neutral position when you are going to talk to somebody and give them feedback. For many people, even if it's positive feedback, we feel uncomfortable with sharing at that level. But we want to learn how to do it because it is really what's going to make the difference between you being somebody that just gets by as a supervisor or you that really excels and becomes extraordinary. Because let me tell you something. If you do some of these key things with keeping communication open with your employees, you will be doing something extraordinary, something that many, many people and supervisors do not do on the job. And you will be seen as a really wonderful person to work for. So with that, I'm signing off for today. Um, I encourage you to, to look at people around you and say, what is it that I'd like to say to them? Just something quick something nice, you know, a question that you might have. Uh, all, there's all different ways that you can, you can solicit information from your employees. And these are just a few. You feel free to contact me at Gloria Willis Consulting. Um, I also have many other podcasts on here on Anchor.fm for you to review. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you. Hello there, it's Gloria Willis of Gloria Willis Consulting. I also have a Facebook group page now, so I would love for you to, in, to invite you if you are interested. I'm talking about, um, the name of it is New Managers and Supervisors. And it's for anyone, anyone in any size organization who feels like they're in a supervisory or management capacity and they have not been properly trained for it, they run into all kinds of difficulties or frustrations with um, employees, and they do their best for sure, um, but they um, don't feel like it's 100% of how good it could be. So I am just delighted to offer that, and we'll be following up with an online course at some point here in the near future, which will actually be the training for it, the beginning of the training of how to work with employees. So today I want to talk about the importance of managers and supervisors to an organization. You know, the manager and supervisor is in a real pivotal position since they hire oftentimes, they certainly train and support and manage the workforce. So what are they, how are they doing it? How are you doing it if you're one of them? It's not an easy job. Why? Because we're told that 75% of the workforce is disengaged. These are people that want to be someplace else. They make mistakes. They um, have lawsuits behind them. They make difficulties in work for managers and supervisors. So in order for a manager and supervisor to turn this around, they really need some definite assistance in how to think about this and how to think about their own role, 
how to think about where they are in relationship to the company and what are they contributing, what's really needed to be successful with the company, and then how to relate to the employees. So it's something that takes a little bit of work and interest for sure, and understanding. I just wanted to reiterate how important this role really is. It's the number one important role in determining if some employee will stay on board or not. Retention is directly related to the supervisor-employee relationship. Even more reason why we need to take some time out and really reinforce our supervisory and management staff. Some things you really can learn on the job, and there are some things that you need to have a solid foundation under you in order to really um, make a difference and contribute as you can. I say that if you're a newbie, you can, you can move to extraordinary in just a few steps if you know exactly what to do. And anybody can do it. That's the whole really wonderful part about it. Anyone can go from newbie to extraordinary. And how is that? Well, if you are doing even some of the, the things um, that I'm talking about, 75% of the workforce is not addressing those things. So if you do even some of them, you'll be better than a good chair, and you will be able to be stand out in as a supervisor. Be extraordinary. So with that, I am delighted to just introduce this idea. I hope that you will contact me at, um, you can contact me actually on my cell phone, which is 504-553-6477. And I will be with my Facebook group having office hours. So every Monday I'll be having one or two office hours where people can call in with questions that they have about their staff and what to do next or a particular issue that they might have that they'd like to discuss with a, uh, a non-biased person. <laughs> that would be me. So I hope you're having a great day today. And this is Gloria Willis signing off for now, and I look forward to talking with you soon.